1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
2: To die for our sin and with his resurrection to show us the way to eternal life. In Romans we read, for the creation was subjected to futility. That's a a synonym for chaos. But the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption, chaos, and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. What's that mean? God in Christ will heal us spiritually in this life and eternally in the life to come. And he will set all things right. I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life
1: Hello and welcome to today's Grace to Live radio broadcast with Pastor Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the program, and we're so glad to have you back. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles or on your devices if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, We're continuing with Pastor Keith's series, 10 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos, from the Old Testament book of Exodus. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: Today we actually are going to end our series on the Ten Commandments. And as you know, we've called the series, The Ten Rules for Life, Antidotes for Chaos, And as you think about this, this is going to... Wrapping up a series is always kind of an intimidating thing for a pastor because there's so much you wanted to say. The temptation is to jam it all into the last uh, message there to make sure you cover all your bases. And that's just what I'm going to try to do today. So, I hope you brought your lunch pail. We're going to be here for a while and just know that. But before we get started with the sermon, let me just pray for us. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the chance to worship together as a church family. And Father... We thank you for the Ten Commandments, these ten rules for life, these antidotes for chaos, which keep us on track as we think eternally, as we live in light of the love that you showed us through our salvation's Christ. So we commit this time to you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here we are, back to our discussion on Ten Rules for Life, the Antidote for Chaos, in the form of our series on the Ten Commandments, And when I think of the Ten Commandments, I'm reminded that our society as a whole, really, and regrettably, both inside and outside the church, looks at the Ten Commandments in sort of a sophomoric way, in sort of a very uh, basic, almost shallow, almost cursory way. And that's too bad, because these Ten Commandments truly are, these Ten Protections truly are antidotes for chaos. They protect us. From going off the rail in our thinking and in our living as we have this quick start guide that God has given us which really summarizes the way to, we're to approach him and the people around us. We live in a society that more and more and particularly with the way everything sort of stacks up educationally, culturally and media wise moves away from truth and fact. It really gets into feelings. And the problem with feelings are is that they are subjective and they change like the weather. They come and go like the tides. Feelings, as we know, uh, can be de- dece- dece- deceiving. They can deceive us if they are not tethered to absolute truth or reality. Jeremiah warned us that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can understand it? Who can understand how it thinks and the way it lives? And so God wanting to protect us has given us through the people of Israel and through God's word, the Bible, these 10 rules for life. And the fact of the matter is they're not here to cramp our style and to restrict our free will or anything like that. They are here to protect us. I remember when I was a young child, before we became really fancy with all of our warnings on the medicine bottles, you used to just see a skull and crossbones. And when I worked at my father's drugstore and I saw skull and crossbones, I knew not to touch. Well, the Ten Commandments, if you will, for those of us who remember those days, are like the skull and crossbones of behaviors. There are things we should not do. We should not have other gods before our God. We should not have other gods at all. We shouldn't have any substitutes. We shouldn't steal. We shouldn't do all these bad things because they only lead to harm. They are, if you will, metaphorically, though. They are protections, and they protect us against, here's that word again, chaos. And just what is chaos? Well, I looked it up in the Oxford American Dictionary, and here's the definition. Complete disorder and confusion. In the sense of physics, and I love this one even better, behavior so unpredictable as to appear random, owing to great sensitivity to small changes in condition. It comes from a Greek word, you guessed it, chaos, and what it means is a great chasm, a great void and when you think about the history of humanity when we turned our backs on God we created a great void a great chasm between us and him we cut ourselves off from him with no means to return to him in and of our own strength and we threw ourselves and the whole world around us into chaos confusion unpredictability uncertainty and god doesn't want us to live in a world like that and so he sent his son to die for our sin and with his resurrection to show us the way to eternal life in romans we read for the creation was subjected to futility that's a synonymous a synonym for chaos but the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption chaos and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of god what's that mean God in Christ will heal us spiritually in this life and eternally in the life to come, and he will set all things right. The whole world right now, as you look in the newspapers, as you look online, as you listen to the news, is ablaze. It's on fire. Everything is chaos. Sin, chaos, and death, Romans 5 tells us, entered the world through the actions of of the human race. And God raised up a people to be channels to restore us to himself. That was Israel. They were to be a kingdom of priests to point people to God. They failed, and the church has stepped in for a season as that channel. And through them, and through God's word, and even through us today, we have these Ten Commandments. These antidotes for chaos to keep us on track, to keep us from going off the rails. This quick start guide to summarize how we should treat God and how we should treat one another. And when we reject those, those ten rules for life, chaos ensues. Now, you may remember at the beginning of the series, we combined the first two commands, right? Make God the priority and accept no substitutes. In this message, we're going to combine the last two commands, and that is respect the truth and practice contentment. And why is that? Well, in biblical literature, there's something called, you, you can forget this as soon as I say it, an inclusio. It's a bracketing with two big ideas with, it's like a big sandwich or like two bookends, and there's all this meat in between, but these two central ideas define the whole discourse. And in the Ten Commandments, If God isn't your priority, you will accept substitutes. And if truth isn't important, you will go off the rails and you will do bad things like coveting or being envious or desiring things that you have no right to. And so today we're going to cover those last two commandments because they really are kind of connected to one another. They are uh, sort of like conjoined twins. Everything here is inseparable. When you move through the Ten Commandments, these Ten Rules for Life... The last commandment is the only one that deals with the internal. Everything else is don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. And the other one is all about the heart. And if your heart isn't right, you'll violate everything that comes before. Truth will be unimportant. God will be unimportant. You'll substitute every passion you have for God. And uh, we see this in our own culture today. We see this in the culture in the world around us. It's it, it's a shame. I want to give you an account, an example of a situation and a circumstance where the desire for power, or the thirst or the lust or the jealousy against an individual and what he and the minds of these people represented, enable them to violate every law, every rule of due process, and to play fast and loose with the truth, to violate these last two commands. And so we come to today's passage, which is Exodus 20. 16 and 17, and it says this You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor. You see, when you come down to the Ten Commandments and land on these two, these two are fundamental to successfully striving to observe the previous eight. Because in the end, you will become an idolater as you want what other people have and resent the fact that they have it and will say or do anything to deprive them of it. You will not respect the truth and you will not be content. So what I want to do today is to sort of give us a litmus test by which we can check our hearts to see if we are still in the confines of the faith, living faithfully for God. Today I want to give you two steps that you can take to assess your heart and mind so that you can hold fast to what is true and so that you can practice contentment as a Christian in this fallen confounding frustrating and very corrupted and broken world today I want to give you two steps to a heart check to a spiritual MRI so that you can inoculate yourself so that you can vaccinate yourself from adopting the mindset of the prevailing culture so that you can stand out rather than blend in so that you can so let your light shine before this world that they see your good works and your difference and glorify your father who is in heaven so that you can be one Bring one and build one. And the first step is this, and it's simple and it sounds trite, but it's not. Respect the truth. Respect the truth. Love truth. Honor truth. Don't say things about people, places, or things that aren't true no matter how unworthy you think they are or how worthy you think the lie is. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. It's not optional. It's a command. Now, this verse isn't merely about lying. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond lying. This verse actually is more of a a legal context, which you obviously picked up from our opening illustration. This rule for life is an antidote for chaos, but it's more than about lying, because sometimes, even though we lie about this, but sometimes we lie by accident. We speak or answer without knowing all the facts. We speak too quickly. We answer too quickly. We repeat something that somebody we trusted told us was true. We misunderstand and legitimately misspeak. We don't speak with precision that is not the same as bearing false witness it's unfortunate it is sin but it's not the same because bearing false witness is loaded and infected and infested and saturated with malice it's a willful deceitful intentional act aimed at harm bearing false witness goes beyond lying there's intent there's malice there's of course the outright lie and people willingly say what isn't true. And a lot of times they deceive themselves. I remember somebody said, well, I was talking about the need to be truthful, even in this age, and somebody said to me, well, so so let's say let's say Adolf Hitler is running for president and you find out that he's elected that he's gonna cause World War II. Would you lie to keep him out of office? No, I wouldn't, because I'm commanded not to bear false witness. It's never wrong, it's never right, forgive me, it's never right, to do wrong, to accomplish right. The ends never, never justify the means. And too often within the church and within our culture, we think just the opposite. That's what happened to Jesus, right? They said, you know, if people keep following him, in John's gospel it says this, if people keep following him, we're gonna lose our place and our nation. Well, they are more worried about their place than they were their nation, but they did it for the national good. They did it to keep Israel, Israel. And they said terrible things about him that weren't true, and they killed him. I remember several years ago, the Duke University lacrosse team, a bunch of unlikable jocks, no question, had an alcohol fuel party, hired a stripper, terrible things, disgusting, despicable things. And then one of the strippers claimed that they had gang raped her. And so 88 university professors called for their immediate expulsion. The coach of the lacrosse team was fired. These young men were charged, they were arrested. They were paraded before the public. The media descended on them like vultures. Their reputations were destroyed. Only one problem. It never happened. Now, they were easy to dislike. You know, they came from wealthy families. They exploited their privilege. They exploited these two women. But one of those women said that her friend lied about them. And before it was all over, the prosecutor in the case almost went to prison. He lost his law license. Duke University paid out Tens of millions of dollars to these men who were wrongly and falsely accused that people bore false witness against. The city of Durham, North Carolina, paid out millions of dollars. Unfortunately, the faculty got off scot-free. But see, it's never, you know, did these guys need, need some sort of comeuppance? Probably, but it's not our place to play God. And a lot of what drove this was the fact that they were well off and that this person wasn't. She's in prison now for murder somewhere else remember the rolling stone case against the university the rolling stone article rolling stone magazine wrote an article about rape at the university of virginia at a fraternity house the fraternity was going to be closed these people were in trouble same story same story rich kids white privilege despicable behaviors but at the end of the day no matter how much people wanted to believe them it wasn't true it wasn't true. but the culture wanted to punish these people because they weren't nice guys and so reputations were ruined this is bearing false witness there's no accident it's not like somebody said is it three o'clock or two o'clock and you said no it's four o'clock and you got it wrong or somebody told me no these are people saying this happened it happened on these dates and it was all lies and people said they had good reasons for lying because these people these privileged people these frat boys these jocks needed to be taught a lesson about life they were living in a bubble and they were treating other people like dirt maybe but nothing justified what happened. I remember reading a newspaper about a college professor who accused uh, Brett Kavanaugh of all these things. And it turned out when they put her under oath that she said she lied. She hated Donald Trump. She thought Kavanaugh was going to get off with a bunch of things. Her name is uh, Judy Munroe Layton at a university in Kentucky. And she wanted to help the other accused pin this guy down. So she fabricated her story. She never even met the man. Let me ask you a question. In what world... Is that acceptable? But people said she needed to be believed. You know what? Bearing false witness costs us credibility. Condoning it compromises our witness. And in the end, the people who other people were trying to help by bearing false witness lose their credibility and are harmed it weakens the case of others with legitimate claims it makes justice more difficult winking at it dishonors god condoning it destroys your integrity and your witness and bearing false witness is worse because the bible prohibits in fact the bible punishes it severely up to capital punishment bearing false witness in exodus 20:16 applies generally excuse me specifically to court cases and generally to lying and The Bible understands because God understands that sometimes bad people do bad things and we think they're going to get away with it. But compromising our integrity, violating laws of evidence, violating due process, violating God's will only makes a bad situation worse because when then other people will turn and reverse that on you. That's why in Exodus 23, 2 through 3, we read this. Exodus 23, 2 through 3. You shall not fall in with many to do evil, nor shall you bear false witness in a lawsuit siding with the many so as to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. We're supposed to treat everybody the same. Same rules of evidence, same due process. Integrity, respecting the truth, not manipulating it, no matter how good the cause is. And at the heart of the issue is this, something else besides God becomes the overarching priority in a person's life. A cause, a political party, a social issue. And it always reveals in the end a malicious and deceitful pagan mindset. And it always leads to harm. And what's at the root of this? At the root of this, God isn't the priority. We substitute a cause or a celebrity or Somebody we don't like for God and getting at him or her becomes the substitute, the the, the item, the idol that we worship. So you have to respect the truth. Even if the people involved aren't lovable or likable. I'm reminded that it says in God's word about you and me. That God demonstrates his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we need to, out of a loyal love for God, respect the truth honor the king, honor the government, respect due process, and so live with integrity in a world utterly lacking. How do we do that? This brings us to our second step, the second spiritual MRI item you might call it, uh, and that is practice contentment. The question that every Christian has to ask and answer in his own heart is, am I content to let God be God? Am I content to follow God Wherever he will take me in this matter, to conduct myself to govern myself accordingly, is my motive something more than wanting justice? It, do I look or resent this person for what they have, who they are, where they've been, who their mother was, what education level they have, how much money they have? Look at Exodus 2017. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant. Or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor. It's basically saying, forget a have have not mentality. Don't be jealous. If somebody's faster, taller, better looking, got more money, better educated, understand that God is sovereign and that you should be content with what you have, particularly if you have salvation. When you read this command, we gain, we gain insight into the mindset that undergirds the previous commands, you shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not bear false witness. These are the jealousy commands, what Bible scholars call them, because there are people who will steal to get what they want, who will take from others so that they can have what they have, who will commit adultery. David, like the way Uriah's wife looked, he took her. These people murdered Jesus because they did not want him to become Messiah, because they did not want to lose their place and they said they were doing it for their nation. And so they bore false witness. It's a terrible thing to take your eyes off of God and put your eyes on economics, politics, and social action as your idol. At the core of this is a lack of love for God and appreciation for your neighbor. God has given every, each and every one of you abilities and gifts to use for his glory. Some of you are better at evangelism than others. Some of you are better at schmoozing than others. Some of you earn more money than others. Some of you are better educated than others. Are we to resent one another for the gifts that God has given? Are we to resent our neighbor for her prosperity? Are we to envy him for his educational level? Are we to look down or up to him because of his race or their achievement? When we do that, we take our eyes off of God. He is no longer the priority. And we make compromises in the name of good. And we make selfish compromises that turn the world upside down. There was a time in in the educational realm where they taught critical thinking. It's been replaced by something called critical theory and intersectionality. And what that is, is an idea that everybody is oppressing somebody. And so depending on how oppressed you are, that gives you the right to penalize the person who you think is oppressing you but the fact of the matter is not everybody is oppressing somebody to get what they want some people inherit it some people get genetics and if somebody is a better runner or a better athlete or a better scholar it doesn't mean they've done something wicked to get there and deserve their comeuppance that is satanic and when we think that way it only leads to harm it goes back to James 4 1 through 3 what causes quarrels and, f- and what causes fights among you is it not this your passions are at war within you you desire and do not have so you murder you covet and cannot obtain so you fight and quarrel you do not have because you do not ask and you ask and do not receive because you ask for the wrong motives to spend it on your passion quarrels fights and murder you shall not murder exodus 2013 stealing spouses you commit adultery you shall not commit adultery, Exodus twenty fourteen. Stealing property, taking from the rich and giving to the poor, like Robin Hood. You shall not steal, Exodus. Wrong desires and a lack of contentment that drives you to do whatever is necessary to knock this guy down a peg. You shall not bear false witness to your neighbor, Exodus. You shall not covet. When I look at all the slaughter in, the, in world history, it was always based on coveting.